2: What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracca. Um The season is back. This is the first recording since the season has been back in full effect. Uh, we've got a lot to cover in terms of reviewing opening night, opening games, uh, Christmas Day, of course, as well. One of the biggest days on the NBA calendar. Although Coming so early felt a little bit different. Um, this week, I'm joined by someone who's been missing for a very long time. Hot take, is he? Harold, what's going on?
1: Hello, boys. Hello, boys. How are you, man?
2: All good. Where, you've where, you been in the wilderness?
1: Yeah, I have. I have. I've been studying for some exams, so that took that took priority. But, yeah, I'm back. I'm back to, to chat all things LeBron still.
2: We'll see how you've uh, improved <laughs> over the off-season. Uh, Shaq, what's going on?
0: Uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, same old. My team's winning. On Christmas game.
2: Day win. Very yeah. lucky for some, eh? wish all of us could say that
0: in here today. Right,
2: so, uh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't, worry. don't worry, nee. I'm with you. Uh, and, then, and then Nee, who... I mean, it's brave of you to come on, to be honest, at the moment. Um, but, yeah, how are things, mate?
3: It's not bad, man. We're going to get... There's a process, isn't it? <laughs> just give us 10 or 15 games.
1: <laughs> What's that based on, Nee? Those vibes, yeah? Hey,
2: don't worry about that, man. It's coming soon. No Well, look, we're going to get into that and all things Golden State um a little bit later but yeah a process is is one way of uh describing it um look firstly christmas was was a big day in the nba calendar as it always is but also for us of course have fracas. just shout out everybody who um engaged we covered all all of the christmas games live whether that be on twitter clubhouse or discord um some sick engagement on on all the apps to be honest, especially the the live chats on, on, on our Discord, which has been running for a little while now, really sick community on there. Um and then the clubhouse, which is a first time trial, but but that was lively as well. And and that was a really good discussion in terms of new listeners coming on um and letting us know like their little basketball background as well. So love for that and, and hope you enjoyed all the coverage. Um Also, one little thing I want to start us off this week is last night uh, we had the Atlanta Hawks taking on Memphis Grizzlies. But we also had a little debut of a feature that we're going to run through the season on the Twitter. And that was courtside 1v1. So what we want to try and do is just stir up some debate about who you take in these naturally forming rivalries in the NBA. of Players that are comparable and and, uh, players that people really seem to have camps with. Either side. So so last night we really wanted to center it around Atlanta and Memphis's sort of start-up and coming point guards in Jamaran and Trey Young. Uh, Trey came out with a win last night, 122 to 112 in the end. Um Trey had a much better night as well. Trey finishing with uh, 36 points. I think it was getting to the line about 17 times, which is something that he's massively adding to his game this season. Um, but Jar was no, no slouch either. 28.7 assists and a block, which God knows when Trey Young will ever get a block. Um, and then Trey Young with his nine assists showed his playmaking chops as well. Surprisingly, for the first course I 1v1, the, the poll had 70 percent or 70 at one point, 60 percent lead for Jar Moran. Is that merited? Yes, and no, go on,
0: Shaq. okay, go on, Shaq. Yes, and no, uh. Trey's cold. All right. Like we're gonna sleep on Trey as a talent. He provides a lot to the court, especially the playmaking side of it. I think he lobsides Jar. But if if you see like most of the responses, especially like my response as well, it's just defense. Like hiding a play on defense like me, you can relate. Hiding a play on defense
3: (laughs) (laughs) disrespect (laughs) is crazy, man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, hiding the player of defense is a big task so then you don't just factor in getting players up for the offensive side at work now it's like oh we need the three and d players that can always try and help that cause as well so building a team around trey would be somewhat harder than building a team around jar but if trey had defense i'll go trey personally but yeah
2: I think as well, I think the thing with Trey is it's not like he's a a Steph where, yeah, you need to hide him a little bit and he's a a poor defender. Trey, like, bottoms out so far in every defensive statistical metric. He might as well not be there. Like, he probably just wishes that he could just not be on there for defensive possession. I don't know how much of that, though, is to do with the Hawks have just been a losing team for two years, and so Trey, go do what you want to do. Jar's not a perfect defender by any means, but just being athletic and, and being active, um, and just being a bit of a madman like he is, I think that definitely lends him to having more defensive upside. But me, like, Shaq's just sort of touched on it there. Trey, offensively, can do what he wants at times, it feels like. And even last night, like, he was just going at jar on a lot of the possessions, a lot of the points, taking it to the rim. Shot was awful. I think he was one of seven from three. He looked like shit. Um, that was after five from six in his first game. But what I liked about it is he was just going to the rim, getting to the line, getting fouls, bringing other people into it. But is that offensive upside just worth it? Like the the trade defensive side, not worth it at all. Not not worth worrying about because of the offensive skill that you can have.
3: I think that's where I'm kind of at the moment as well. But like his output offensively is so good that, like I mean, I think you can kind of let it go on the defensive end, to be honest. And if you look at it yesterday, like you said, he went one, I think it was one for seven from three. But I wasn't really too concerned about that because he went to the free front line 17 times. And that was like one of my main criticisms of like, um, like Tatum last year and years before. Whereas, um, he's like, I'm hearing his shots, but when he gets to the knee green and you're trying to grind out a win, it's always getting to the free front line that's going to get you over. And he seems to have that unlock already. Like he takes control of the offense. He works well in the pick and rolls. He's got that flow and lock. It's the same with Drow as well. That flow is crazy. Um, but yeah, man, that guy's is so good. But um, there is, like, one concern in the sense that, like, he takes so many shots. So it's a bit hard in this, but he's, he's got quite a bit of usage. And he, I think... Who else shooting think... on
1: that Hawks team, though?
3: Huh? Who else are also shooting? No, but, well, I mean, you've got Kevin Hur, That guy can shoot lights out. Red Velvet. And you've got a lot of... Huh? Red Velvet. Red Velvet, exactly. And you've got a lot of players who can, like, finish plays. You've got Collins. They've got a lot of good pieces there. Um, but, I mean, like, when he's taking, like, double the amount of shots as, like, the next player on his team and his teammates... I don't know. This seems a bit alarming. It doesn't seem very sustainable to me.
2: It's an interesting one. Obviously, I want to caveat everything we talk about tonight in that most teams have played two games, so the sample size is very, very small. But it is interesting that just looking at Trey. Last year, he was on nine and a half threes per game. Like you said, that's, that's high volume. Um, and he was getting to the line about nine and a half times for a free throw per game. Already in the two games so far, he's gone to the line about 13 and 17 times. Um, and the threes are already down to to about six a game. Like we said, he had seven the other night, six on the first night. So he's taking it down a touch. Um, And, yeah, I think Harold made a point. Who else was shooting on the Hawks last year? No one, but Hurt is a bit better. Collins has found his range now. You've got Gallinari and Bogdanovich in there of Atlanta. So, So I'm interested to see. I think Trey has the pieces that maybe Morant doesn't. The other thing I worry about with Morant is what can he realistically do considering the conference he's in. So, obviously, Trey Young, everyone's tipping Atlanta as, as a dark horse to make uh, the playoffs automatically. But at the very least, the play-in, I think, is the expectation. But has just got a loggerhead above him. Um, he's being helped, potentially, by certain former dynasties falling out of contention. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of teams you know, in front of him. So, what can Jar realistically do? And I like Memphis's young core, but what can he do?
1: For me, yeah, yeah. So, just to go back a little bit, sorry, because I wanted to make a point on the whole one v one debate, and we're talking about on, on on a clubhouse chat that we had, and just the importance that we have on on defense. And that's always a that's always a cop out, isn't it? When you're you got a player that's they both they excel brilliantly offensively and one slightly worse than the other defensively. Obviously, Trey's the worst <laughs> in this regard. Like he's proper amazing going forward, but yeah, defensively he's a proper sieve. And you know what's interesting when you. When you compare players, especially going off the back of a postseason, where we've seen the likes of a Jimmy Butler, who's never really shot the lights out—he—that's he, that's never his game—but he plays winning basketball, and that's something that that people, I think, are beginning to be like, you know what, that counts more. So last season, how much was Trey averaging? Almost thirty points a game. How, how much was Jamar? Um, how much was Jai averaging? About eighteen points a game. However, you're thinking to yourself, which can translate. To winning basketball in the off-season, obviously you need to you need to put you need to put into perspective the um the conferences that they're in. However, you think a six-one Trey Young with no defense, he he, it will be it will be easy it will be easier to somehow section him as opposed to a Jamal Murray who can who, in my eyes yeah can genuinely fly. That guy is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I I think that's where he pips it for me. Um, as far as the Grizzlies go, boy, it's tight, man. There is as you said, there's loggerheads in that. In, in the Western Conference. Boy, if he gets if they get to the playoffs, that's that's a remarkable season for me. I think he, he should be looking at around he should be looking around the eighth seed, the playing games, obviously that's a possibility this year. Higher than that, honestly, I'm I'm surprised man.
2: It's tough. And I think you, you make a good point there about uh, Trey averaging thirty points a game. I just do want to sort of clarify. Trey, in his rookie year was 19 a game. Uh, Jar in his rookie year was about 18 a game. Trey being one year ahead in terms of draft class. Jar Morant already in the first two games this season um, has broken the Memphis Grizzlies franchise record for opening, more? opening opening a uh, point scoring 44 points in the in the first game to add to his tally of 28 in in game two. Just a quick little uh, go around, Shaq, You're a you're a Jar guy as you as you said on the Twitter, just because of that defence? knee where are you?
3: I'm a Trey guy. And just touching what Harold said, um, that when it gets at like, the playoffs and like, the defence is a bit better and more structured, I think it's easier to get the ball out of Moran. It's, it's easier to get the ball out of his hands. Whereas, that like, Trey, because he's got that, he's got that three-point shot and he can shoot from deeper, I think he's more equipped to be, um, to be like, better offensive in the playoffs. I think if you set up like, a defensive scheme against Jarl, Stry- it's easier to like, minimise strengths, whereas Trey it's just a lot harder because they have to come out so much further. Uh,
1: so, Nate, on, on, on that note, how high do you have Trey up there in, in getting his own shot? Because that's playoff basketball, ISO ball, getting your own shot, shooting over long guys. How high He's do you very have good at
3: getting his own shot. And because of the team that he's got, I mean, this set, like high pick and rolls. And he can either shoot for himself um, and like just work of the screen or he can pass it off. Because they've got so many weapons on Atlanta and a lot of shooting, um, it's going to be even easier for him this year to get a shot off. And he's got pretty good handles.
0: And when he goes head down and like under your arms, like when you're trying to pick him, the second he gets inside, like near the free throw line, it's a floater and yep. it's very hard to stop as well. He can make his own shot, but what I like about him as well is his self-awareness. Like yesterday, he was shooting bad, his free runs dropping, let me get inside. Like you don't just keep forcing it. So he's come to that realisation a bit more this year so far. Yeah, yeah, games we'll see. But like
2: I think I think the offensive talent around him should should free him up a little bit as well. And then last little vote, we've got a deadlock here of one one. Trey or jar for you, Harold?
1: It's Jar for me. It's Jar for me, man. I I like he's obviously it's difficult to compare, isn't it? Um Trey's a year young year older, uh Jarz will be twenty-one. Um I've got high hopes for him this season. Obviously the, the, the sample size is minimal for this year, but he's clearly doing a lot more offensively with the ball jar. And I think he's got he's got the confidence of his of his teammates. So it's nice to see if I'm saying who's having a better year, boy. It's true. It's true. It might be Trey, you know. Yeah, it's I think Trey I like
2: I set up to do yeah. some good things. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. and I still don't know about I'm in it for the long game, though. i mean, in it for a long game, sorry. sorry. For the long game, get the stocks in early. Um, and then the best thing about that, to be honest, is some rivalries you know, media make them out to be certain, and then the guys are just mates. and It's a bit like Murray and Mitchell was a really good one in the playoffs, but you know, they're, yeah. they're on good terms, whatever. I don't think Trey and Jari liked other very much based off yesterday. There was a bit of mouthing, uh, mouth in <laughs> off it? So, so that was yeah. that's, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to yeah. see. Um, none of that, uh. Oh, big respect to No, nah, I, I like to see a bit of uh, a <laughs> bit of a look. A lot of games to cover, so we're gonna jump straight into that. Um, just firstly, is, is just general takeaways. So, you were first up on the uh, on Christmas Day, Shaq. But rather than focus on Miami, um, which I think we've done a lot on the pod so far, I think let's just give a little bit of a spotlight to, to New Orleans Pelicans because I know that they were a bit of a takeaway for you and myself as well, in that they showed. Just a lot of hunger, a good fight. You had um, Stan Van Gundy come out and basically say, "Yeah, we haven't really worked on defense yet," which is great because it was shambolic. So you'd hope was
1: so clear yeah, to see. You. So you'd, <laughs> you'd hope
2: that they hadn't worked on defense yet. Um, but yeah, he came out and basically said that they haven't, and so we'll look at them more offensively. Um, listen, it was a good night for Zion Williamson. It was a great night for Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, twenty-eight points. Zion Williamson, thirty-two. Um, they. Have, are clearly just the go-to pair for those now. The usage rate says so. Um, what the what the team do in the when the shot clock is low when things are tough says so. In terms of the half court, they just go into Ingram to pull up uh, and make something happen. What was your big takeaways about New Orleans?
3: Um, it's just frustrating, man. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's just it's just mad frustrating. Like, it's similar to last year. Um, just, like, so many turnovers, and they're just so immature with the ball. They're trying to force plays that weren't there. And you say Ingram had a good night, and he did. The guy's obviously a baller, and I've, I've got a lot of respect for him, and I've got a lot of high hopes for him. But, um, like, towards the end of the game, um, he was doing this thing where he was getting to, um, like, the line, basically, or, or like, getting to the byline. And then he was kind of just putting himself in a hole where he couldn't really get out. So he had two players guarding him. He couldn't find the pass. He couldn't get off his shot. And he does that sometimes. and that, that's the next thing that he needs to work on to the next step. Um, he just needs to work out of like, being double-teamed better. He needs to be more aware of what's around him and just like maybe try and have a vision of what he's going to do next before he does it so that he doesn't get trapped and then like he doesn't turn the ball over. And a lot of that was happening because and the Pelicans were just forcing him, force-feeding him the ball because um, Lonzo wasn't being as aggressive as he should have been um, and other players weren't hitting their shots. So that's kind of the problem the Pelicans. And then defensively, yeah, they're, just, they're the one
2: good. A, a cool six points from uh, Mr. Ball. Um, <laughs> after, a, after a better first game, and then like, there's this decision, yeah, that he's backing himself and hasn't extended and, and he's going to be testing sort of at least restrictive free agency. Um,
1: but yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. I have, yeah. To, <clears throat> I have to interrupt there because I had a fair few followers. So sometimes, obviously, we, we delegate responsibilities on our courtside Twitter account. Check it out if you haven't already. And the amount of people... That are like, oh, they see one shot from Lonzo, and they're like, oh, this is gonna be Lonzo's year, man. Like, what is this hold Lonzo has over you guys? Why are you willing it well, so as, much? As big, whoa, he's a good player, bro. No respect bro.
3: that.
0: Like, we want them to succeed. Besides Jello, Levar's expectations. Bro. <laughs> like, Facts. We, like, we like the agenda. It's like, it's like Melo, bro. Uh, we'll talk about that later, I guess. But. Like, Lonzo's a good player, and his defence is crazy. Like, if people say, like, we hold weight to defence, Lonzo earns some stock in that sense.
1: Great, great passer as
0: His shot needs to fall. He needs to take time with it. Great passer. He needs to be a bit more aggressive in getting to the rim. But again, in a team where you've got... You're coming from college where you as the man, and then now you're third in ranking, maybe fourth in ranking in usage on your team, it won't be easy. And then because when he does have the ball, it's, are you going to make a play? Are you going to shoot? Mm. Sometimes it is hard to catch a rhythm for him, I think. So, yeah. And
2: in terms of usage, just based off the Christmas Day game, um, it, obviously Zion and Ingram are out ahead of everybody. Then you've got Bledsoe, um, third out of the starters. Um, <laughs> JJ Reddick will come off screens and finish a lot of possessions. Uh, Josh Hart actually is another one backing himself. quite like Josh Hart. He's, he's started the season well. Um, So, yeah, like Lonzo, but Lonzo half court without that shot is going to be a problem. Um, But in saying that, I I can see him just wrestling that point guard spot and making him his own. I think the relationship with Zion will get better and better, especially in transition. Harold, you're not too keen on the the Bledsoe fit. Drives me I don't mad. think anyone is, bro. I don't think like, anyone's keen on that. I, I don't think
0: Bledsoe's keen on it for either of them. Yeah, uh, he's... I
2: think
1: I think that trade is is a is a madness. Obviously, I get I get the pick side of it, but my god, blood! Like you see, you see him and um, you see him and uh, what's his name, George Hill for um for Drew. I'm like, okay, cool, Bledsoe. Obviously, I guess his defense hides a lot for a lot of people, but not for me, man. Because when I see him, but, Bledsko, ball in his hand, and it's not nice. He's, he's like, he's he's just brain farts on every on, on every offensive play. I've when I watched him last year for the Bucks, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I see Chris Middleton finally getting his, finally getting his shot to land. And there's Bledsko just bouncing the ball off, off the backboard. Like doing absolute <laughs> nonsense. He's he's a proper, frustrating guy to watch because it's annoying when a guy is so good defensively and clearly has and He's got his accolades. However, just my god, what kind of point guard can what kind of point guard can't do anything with the ball? Come like Pat Bev man, this is outrageous. I am not a fan of him, man, in the slightest. Uh, that trade is still bad. I
2: think look, I think there's there's context to it where Girou had Drew had two years left, one being an option. 30 31, obviously New Orleans are going very young. Bledsoe, at least he's just, he's not being there for the rest of his got He's got another three years or four years, he's not there for the whole time. Defensive stopgap. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one, but we'll see what you can do. I mean, six assists, six assists uh, on Christmas Day. He will get some stops in there in a in a team that defensively is is weak. Um, but yeah, it's uh, potentially going to hold them back in terms of what they're with Drew.
0: One thing to the take of like a lot of people are saying like New Orleans are the team to watch this year. Like you know when you want to watch like young ballers, they're not like Brandon Ingram. I think like I was impressed with him um, on Christmas Day. I think I typed it in the, in the group chat a few times like. He was going off, but then what you see is he has waves. Mm. It'll be like a quarter of going off. Then it's a quarter of trying to still go off. Then a quarter of cold. Then a quarter of, oh, I'm bringing it back, but the game's done. And Zion, I don't think he's refined his game just yet as well. I think there's other young teams like your Memphis and your Atlantas. And I would even go as far as, say, Phoenix Suns, where i will say for like newer watchers, if you want to watch like young ballers try and get their shots and play a bit, more free. I would rather watch them than New Orleans Pelicans. You
1: know what? On on just to touch on Lonzo, there was one point that <clears throat> there's one point that Shaq made, and I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And that was that was Lonzo's <clears throat> that was Lonzo's inside shooting. So the first game he plays, he has about it takes about nine nine field goals attempts. Yeah. Eight of them are from the free. Yesterday or Christmas Day rather against against your Heat, he takes eight f- f- field goals attempts. Eight of them are from the free. Yeah. Like, so in the it's obviously a small sample size, but in the last two games you haven't taken. You've only taken one shot from from, from within the arc. I, you there's you've seen too many like we we've come up on this new era of of point guards and obviously the Steph Curry's are like this the the, the aim I guess to to, to reach. But Steph has always got an inside game. I don't. I, you just can't get away with just just only shooting from beyond the arc, and that's something I really want to see Lonzo work on. Just just his mid-range game, yeah, man, and, and just it's just it's get really get, get into the rim, story. get into the line.
2: Still has an unfortunate record of something like more songs on Spotify than NBA free throws sunk. Um, <laughs> yeah, <let's>, man. Just, <laughs> I want to get out of the way, and I think we this will be a regular featured program in terms of Lamelo watch. Um, you suffered through Charlotte Hornets uh, last night. Um, mm. Do you want to just take 60 seconds on, on some Lamella Watch knee as the big... Bro, thing? man.
3: That, that shit was painful. And I think that Lamella Watch is going to end immediately, <laughs> to be honest. I, I think I, went, I'm not watching I think Hornets no more.
2: I think you dove in a bit <laughs> quick. I think maybe space it out a little bit. But, I, I mean, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte uh, another one, I was like, quite interested to see what they were going to do. And I'm just like, no. Like, okay, cool. with some nice pieces there, but a messy theme at the moment. And I don't really see... How they're gonna really do anything in the East? I think there's better teams that are just gonna get those play-ins beforehand and definitely do better in the play-ins. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Lamelo, Lamelo. A lot of the shout has been Lamelo already looking more threatening inside than Lonzo. The shot was actually dropping, although looking very ugly last night. Um, the low release is just mad. I know, I know, he's taller than most guards. he Will be, yeah. up, but he's still releasing it at his nipple. And yeah. Like, I don't know about all that but um, yeah summary of Lamella works in a, in a quick sentence
3: I mean he's a confident player so I'm not too worried about him to be honest the only thing I'm worried about is his fit um, just within the Hornets team because they've got two point guards in like Rosier and um, I what's the other guy's name no, I'm forgetting and um, yeah. what do you call it, it Graham, Graham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Graham and even amongst a bit of a guard really so I'm just not too sure about his fit, and he was going to get enough of the ball because he's a really, um, he's a really an on-ball player to be honest. And he was playing a lot of off-ball yesterday, so um, I don't know how that fit's going to work out. But he's a confident player, so he's always going to get his shots up. He's going to go to the line. He's going to go to the rim. Even if he's missing, so I think I'm not he, too worried I think about him.
2: It it's nice if you play the other guys off-ball, but I think there's just a bit of a hierarchy there of like no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. and you
3: got no, Rosier He's, he he's not going to give the ball. ball like that to be honest. Also, him
0: and him and Bridges off the bench is actually a nice fit cause Bridges is cold. Like, he's, yeah. he's got a good season in my eyes. Both Bridges brothers, to be fair. But um, I think Lomelo just needs a bit more time like consistently on the court rather than come in four minutes, come in five minutes, come in three yep. minutes. Give him like a young eight straight minutes of ball. So and,
2: Yeah. And coming from men's basketball, you'd hope that he's able to be durable enough to kind of handle that. I want to be able to watch Charlotte because I, I love the court. I love the little honeycomb Hornet shit they got in the paint. I like the I, I, I like the jersey colour. I'm, I'm, I'm weird like that, but they're just awful. You're so like painful, going
1: bro. Looks
3: like G League is nasty, man.
2: I, I, I love it. I love it. And then Gordon Hayward's there to yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Inbound. be the main guy. And then they have a, a late play to equalize the game when he's the inbounder. It's, it's sad. Stuff. Um, I never know. I know. Yeah. trust the inbounder. Trust the inbounder. But that's not why he went to Charlotte. He could be
1: the <laughs> no, inbounder. No. No. Yeah. Whatever yas talks about. Um. Whatever yas talks about. Gordon Hayward. I never know how sincere he is. You know. Mate, I never I know. Gordon Hayward.
2: <laughs> Gordon Hayward is 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 what I told you on early podcasts, Harold. In terms of Al Horford, I get it. The bag, yeah, family, finance, boom, boom, boom. You can't tell me these guys are just going to enjoy their day-to-day. Look at Horford. The guy went for another seven or eight million, and then he just became the worst contract in the league automatically. And now he's tanking with Shea and that, like, over in OKC. There's it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, being the first option is great. 120 million is even better. But uh, <laughs> that Charlotte team is just not somewhere I'd want to be signing away for four years. Um, good player Gordon Haywood, I hope he does well because he was great for us last year um look shaq, you had interestingly we're, we're going to go now into sort of general winners and losers of of the season so far caveat obviously early, but there are signs that we can get um you had seventy sixers as as a as a winner so far mm. i'd la- I'd like to know why, partly because they were somebody else's loser list, so i'd be interested if if uh, there's some retort to it. struggled offensively a bit against the Knicks. Beat Mm -hmm. Washington, okay, but Washington (laughs) will come into as they're on your losing. (laughs) Um, Why why are winners for the 76ers? Because I had them quite tipped high and I haven't really seen a lot yet.
0: Because they kept, so far anyway, who knows what happens in this crazy-ass world of basketball, but they kept potentially the best young talent in the league in Ben Simmons, and he's now going to ball out this season. And you can literally see when the ball is in his hands... He's literally making plays and attacking more than what he's... Like, you can see the fight in his eyes because he's literally trying to say, oh, you think I'm, I'm traded? You think I'm a trade bait? clock? Right. The nah, <laughs> they won. Winners. And then you got, at the same at the same time, obviously, as we said earlier on, it's two games in. But you're getting that, oh, Ben's balling. I don't want that spotlight to be on him. Give me the ball. Embiid's hitting that young Hakeem, Hakeem moments. And he's slapping teams. And it's working. At the moment, it's working. Like obviously, there will be rough patches through the season. I think the only person that like, they really took a loss in in the past few years is Tobias Harris, because boy, but they I think they're winners so far because right now the team's the same. They have got a good coaching that wants to that knows how to exploit talent. As much as Doc isn't like. You know, he's got some things on his resume of like three and yeah, one. I, losses I, I,
2: said, I said it the other day going from Brett Brown to Doc Rivers is a massive,
0: it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time <laughs> <thing>. you got a <laughs> pitch as well,
2: not just because, uh, not just because flipping, yeah, what he's achieved compared to Brett Brown, but you could just see Brett Brown's timeouts. It was just done, like he was so yeah. done there. And, then,
0: and then Docs have got a history of working with guards that don't primarily shoot the three all the time, CP3 being one of them. Great passer, good on def- well, great on defense, and gets his inside shot. If Doc can channel like in a CP three from twenty twelve and whatnot into a bit of um, Ben Simmons, it's high. So, I think they're winning so far. Winners,
2: Not- so what they've done, just what they can do. Um, yeah,
0: what they, they look to, them, what they look like they're going to do. Go
2: on, Harold. Yeah, I've. Yeah, I, I I had um I
1: had sixes in my winners as well, and that is literally based on pretty much what Shaq said and just Ben Simmons. I think my knowledge of the game in the last few months, like a lot of people, um, has improved dramatically. Obviously, doing this podcast, but I really appreciate what Ben Simmons does outside of the shooting. Obviously, there's there's that easy bly on his record that the guy the guy can't shoot, he doesn't take any he doesn't take any shots as a as as a guard. However, Ben Simmons. He does. Who else does everything else so well other than shooting in our league? He's six. He's six foot eleven. He's twenty four years old. He can he can guard all five positions. I think I think he's going places, man. And I really appreciate watching him. And I'm really looking forward to watching a lot more of the Sixers this year, man. I just pray, yeah. I just pray, Embiid gets his diet right. He sucks it up, doesn't act like a baby, and performs in the postseason. Because I'm yet to see it. I'm yet to see it. So. Yeah, man. There's there's no excuse for the Sixers this year, man. For me, I
0: say is the one excuse they have is bench. They need that new person, Kavis LeVert to come off the bench and also shake shake yeah. the shit. Like they, yeah. another win sorry, that I didn't mention, Seth Curry sniper. They've been mm-hmm. choosing, like, getting some perimeter things on there. The only thing that I say could be a loss besides the Tobias Harris thing that I mentioned earlier. Like Danny Green in it, bro.
1: Ah, oh, Danny
2: Green! <laughs>
1: oh, so
0: <God>, Danny Green! You <laughs> 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 it's like, it's like Antonio, G. Oh, da- Danny Green, no, no.
1: Danny, Danny Green, listen,
2: you you gotta follow the, the you gotta follow the trail a little bit there. Danny Green ain't in. Yeah. They got him on <laughs> <laughs> half the money yeah. of Al Horford in that. Yeah, team. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the thing
1: is, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah I, right. I don't see Danny Green as Danny Green. I see Danny Green as fifteen million of cap space. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that, <laughs> yeah. that is it. That is it. That is
1: that's,
0: it.
3: A it that's a win. That's a
1: win. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. The funny thing is, because because I, I was like, wait a second, why is Danny Green here? I just, you know, when you see a training, you're like, ah, oh, okay. But then you deep it, you're like, wait a second, why are you here? And it's obviously, I deep. Okay, it was like a, it was a like piece in getting rid of the whole for cap contract. I got it. It's still a loss though. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's and still an I just, L for uh, me. I don't care about the yeah,
2: P. It's poor, but then it wasn't
1: it. Open was, day. He was watched for the year,
2: but across an Eastern Conference regular season, you've got Ben kicking it out. He, I think Korkmaz and Curry and people like that will overtake him in terms of trusting with the shots and stuff. But look, he's not bad. He's washed, but he'll get you some shots. He'll get you some... Eventually, he's yes, serviceable. He's but you
3: can yes, use him. He's
2: serviceable.
0: It's a reliance on reputation that they have with him on defence. Like, opening day, why is he guarding Beal? Please, Ben, Ben Simmons, please. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> let, let Russ do what he do, but get Bradley Beal off this court. Oh, look, look, I think mean, you
2: you pivoted nicely into another one of your losers list, Shaq. In that, yeah, opening day, <laughs> <played the> Washington <laughs> Wizards got a, got a win against the Washington Wizards, uh, and then look, Washington again last night um, with a loss to Orlando, and look, the Sixers opening night. You know, that's okay. Cool, cool, cool. The one I think they should be a bit more concerned about is that Orlando game. Because you look at what Washington want to do. Orlando with the AFC last year. So they need to look at teams like Orlando and think, <laughs> right, that is who we need to better this year. That is who we need to leapfrog this year. We've got Russ in for that reason. Bradley Bill against Philadelphia, 36 points, four steals, three assists, opening night, loss. Bradley Bill against uh, Orlando last night. 39 points, five assists, two steals, loss. Russell Westbrook, two double doubles, two losses. <laughs> Terrible efficiency last night. It was almost like a parody, Russ <laughs> Is this not just like Groundhog Day, CJ San Andreas? Oh shit, who we go again for the Wizards, where it's just the same. They got Bertan shooting lights out. Thomas Bryant is <laughs>
0: No, he, but we won't say. No, 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 we either call No, but you and know, for the Russ Vengers, lose and lose. But I for the Russ Vengers out there, like because like you know, we love stats so much in this game. One, he had a good game. He got a triple double. Then to even show that he was the best player on the court, he's the only player that left the court with a plus minus that was actually positive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it was a two plus minus, like, you know, for, for your future MVP, right? Ah, uh, what a fit. Washington, welcome to Russland. That's what we do, like, you know? All right, cool. I'm
1: done. I'm done. No, though, yeah? On, on Brian, yeah? Man's a joker. You know what? I had, well, because I remember Yaz was asking me yesterday, oh, how can you send over your winners and your losers, yeah? I was like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, I'll send it over. Obviously, I watch game one. I'm like, oh, Russ, Russ and Bill are looking good. Bill's talking nice about him. Throwing shade at John Wall. Love to see it, love to see it. And then, I saw that game yesterday, yeah? I saw, I saw Iro put stuff in our, in our group. I said, wait a second. Let, let me go check this game out, yeah? I said, what? Ross? What's going on here? At one point, it was shooting 28% from the
2: field. Are you okay? What's going what on, What do Ross? you
3: expect, man? It's Ross. No, is just normal sense. Uh,
2: Ross finished 32% from the field. Six of 19. Zero or four from three. Uh, but hey, hey. Three or four. Triple double, though three or four free throws. And yeah, the triple double I mean triple doubles they do lose their weight when fifteen rebounds is your uh is, is one of those stats and then you know it's obviously but I just I'm just worried about look, I, listen, Russ is Russ, Russ is what he is, that's all cool. But when Bill's going off like that and, and Russ is still at least uh getting some outcomes and they're still losing to a team that they should be looking to yeah this is our litmus test now. Like if the Wizards lose to Boston, Brooklyn, that's fine, that's pat. But if they're losing to teams around them like Orlando, that's a bit troubling for me. And in the last three minutes, they were down 15, 16, 17 points. The game was gone. Yeah. yeah it wasn't even close. So uh, I'm concerned for the Wizards. Um, I think it's a good time as well,
3: actually, that that um, Bill's still getting his, he's still getting his bucket, still getting his points and that Russ can still do what he's doing. Because I think there's a question before the season started, if, Bill's, if Bill was still going to get the ball as much and gets many shots. I'm um, Ross there, so I mean, you just like, I yeah. I don't it was,
2: think it's as bad a fit as a lot of people do. My yeah. problem is, yeah. is I still don't see that them like Atlanta, but maybe even more so. I just don't see who's defending anything. Bertans is not a defender. Thomas Bryant no, is no. a better offensive player than he is defensive player. He's dunking, <laughs> dunking <laughs> uh, uh and then Beal and Westbrook like they're not a lockdown backcourt at all. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I I think they're they well within their, their position on the losers list. There, I think another person. Quick shout out, ten seconds dedicated. Chicago Bulls look like the worst team in the league hands down. Um, <laughs> one I want to touch
1: on as yes yes yes. Sorry sorry, I, I just I have a had to have a quick stat because as Shaq was saying, um, the Russ Vengers, they they do love stats, so it's not all doom and gloom for Russell Westbrook. Um, he's now thirteen triple doubles away from becoming the all-time leading triple doubles scorer. For the Washington
2: Wizards. Well, he's, he's tied ninth after two games with <laughs> for that one. So that was, that was a pretty special bespoke stat there. Um, one I'm worried now as well Denver Nuggets. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. Jeremy Grant,
2: Jeremy Grant Torrey Craig, big losses in summer. But I didn't really see them as big losses. I was just like, yeah, you know, whatever. But I think they knew what we didn't in terms of offering Jeremy Grant the same money Detroit did. Just because of the depth, like, they had, they've had two losses. Um, and you just do look about, like, they, they need a bit more of a rest. Like, Murray, hot and cold, uh, last game against the Clippers, Christmas Day, um, finished the game fantastically well. He we we went about seven of nine from the field in the second half, or second, last part. After going 1 of 7, I thought he was kind of over that after the playoffs, Jamal Murray. He's been streaky, he's been inconsistent, and to still come back this year and and just be like that. There was an amazing quote on the commentary on ESPN, and Richard said basically saying, "Can someone tell Jamal Murray that the season has officially started? Um, Nikola Djokic is still incredible and is playing really, really well, but he's getting frustrated looking around that people not seeing the reads, people not finishing their dinner, people not doing what is expected of them. Buddy Heald's win against Sacramento, who none of us gave a hope of achieving anything this year, is one of the funniest things I've seen in the NBA in a long time. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. It was look, his tie game. He's flipping inbound to Jokic. He's lost it. Looks flailing arms. They, they transitioned, missed dunk he'll tips it in at the buzzer and then please go on our Twitter <laughs> and find it because the video of them all sprinting down into the locker afterwards is one of the weirdest and funniest things. Hilarious. I've seen. But the Clippers as well was a worrying worrying game for the Nuggets in terms of they just, they were beat from the first quarter. And I think the depth is an issue. Um, losing Grant and, and Craig just as a lockdown guy. Murray being inconsistent, you want him to be past this by now and hopefully he will get on with it. Um, they're relying a lot on people like you know, Will Barton and, and Gary Harris to, to supplement some points, which, which I'm not sure is going to be as consistent, especially Paul Millsap. They're still relying on to hit a lot, and he, he just didn't against LA. Where do you lot see the Nuggets? Is, are they are – they re- I know they're relying on Michael Porton Jr., but are they, are they a bit done? Are they going to get crowded out? Are they Are not going to be the top sort of three seed that they have been for the last two years in the West? Where do you see them?
3: And I think they'd be fine because I think last year like, they had a pretty slow start as well. It just seems to be like the way they start the season. To be honest, and like, they'll work their way into it. And I think Jamal Murray will come to some form. He's just going through a bit of a bad spell right now. Hopefully, um, and I think I think the Nuggets will be fine. To be honest,
0: I say. It's I say they'll be fine in terms of a franchise. Like they're probably gonna be top five, if anything. I say top four. Um, only thing about like the Jamal Murray take like Jokic is Jokic, he's gonna ball out in my eyes. I think Michael Porter Jr. is gonna have a good year. He actually looks quite confident. And the back and forth with Paul Pierce, you gotta you gotta ball out this year. Um With, with Jamal Murray, I think he's gonna have a good year. The only thing is like in relevance to last year, like what I said earlier on in the in the year when we started off the season is, he was hitting a lot of random off balance middies spin around layups and off the dribble threes where you'll fade in sideways they're not shots that you can hit consistently so like you was on form in the bubble and it was just hitting but to do it throughout the entire season I think you just have to like sometimes simplify your game a little bit and think when the pressure's on you can try and hit them but right now take the easy shot so yeah
2: yeah, and I think as well as with Murray, he's always going to look good on the stat sheet. You'll look at him over a month and think, yeah, he's hitting good percentages, he's this, that, and the other. But it's just the it's just the going seven minutes about a bucket, going all this time. I think that's that a, was in regular season, though. Yeah, it's and the
0: Clippers—they've improved. Like, the Clippers? It's, it's like, it's the yeah, Clippers well, we're going
2: to get right? on to the well. Look, I think I think we've got one more uh, winner and loser to cover before we get on to the Clippers because I I want to talk about the Clippers. Nee, is there anyone you can think of who maybe hasn't had the best start to the NBA season? Uh, is there anything you want to get off your chest? Um, <laughs> uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> Andrew well, I'll tell you what: two of two of ten from three, two games in a row. Just not good enough for Steph Curry. Um, So, Curry Watch. Let's start with Curry Watch. Yeah, go on. You tell me, mate, because I don't know what to say about this year's Warriors. I'm not
3: concerned about Curry. I mean, like, there's been plenty of seasons where he started the season. I'm not shooting well. And, like, by the fourth or fifth game, he's shooting lights out, and then you'll have, like, a 50-point game where he hits, like, two or threes. I'm not concerned about Curry at all. But what I am concerned about is the Warriors in general, um, to be honest. And I think there's a lot of things that are at fault. Um... And I know Wiggins and Oubre would be the standout and the things you want to poke at the most, but I think it's a mix of things. Um, I think the system is not playing to their strengths and the chemistry and IQ within the team, like the chemistry is not there yet. The IQ within this team is terrible, man. Like um, some of these guys, I don't know if they'll be eating crayons or whatever they're doing, but um, these guys aren't the smartest guys ever.
2: But I won't lie, I've seen seen enough bad decisions from Wiggins and Pascal so far uh, to just, I don't want to watch you, like, at all. Now, Wiggins is... I don't so blame you. Wiggins, you play Wiggins, the Celtics tomorrow. The I watch someone else. I, it's poor. It's poor. The ball's not moving. Where do you... Like, look, someone asked you on the on the clubhouse and on the Discord, when do you start to get worried? And I think I asked you that even in pre-season. I was like, at what point do you think this could be a really bad, bad year? Um, You've got Draymond coming back who's not a shot maker at all. Kelly Oubre yep. won't be this bad. He won't be this bad for the rest. like he won't. No, he Thinking, won't. like um uh, Steph, you hope gets a- above twenty percent from three at some point.
1: Um well he's taken out his cornrows and he's made fifty threes in a row, so hey,
2: hundred five, I believe. 105. But, um, oh, hundred and five, yeah? 105. All right then. All right, Listen, cornrows have came have done great for Paul George this year. So, you know, maybe it's just a Steph thing. Listen, I think I think Steve Kerr, if he is still going to insist on this screen, ball movement, motion offense, jacking up loads of threes, with the roster he has, I, I get it, no training camp, but surely they are working behind the scenes on something else, because you've got skill set in someone like a Oubre who can cut to the basket really effectively, you've got the one shining light of your season so far in James Wiseman. I know he hit two of two threes the other night, but if you're asking him to do three to four threes a game, you're not quite playing to his strength. No. What, do you need, what do you need to see from Steve Kerr now? Because we joked with Ire a few weeks ago that the guy's got a coach for the first time in four years. That has got a completely, completely change of how you lot are attacking, right?
3: Yeah, so it's a bit of a difficult one in the sense that, okay, so we're playing the Bulls in the Pistons' next. And we don't really need an effective system to beat them. I mean, I mean we should be beating them just off-front and half picking roles Curry. Um, But I going to tell you the better teams that are more organised, it's always better suited if you have a system in place that can get guys their shots, that can get guys into rhythm. Um, but, I mean, it's a tough one because like I think people are saying 10 or 15 games, we got to um, like grind it out and just get the system like, down-packed and like, get these players used to it and get chemistry going. But I don't think we have 10, 15 games in the West, to be honest. Like, we can't afford to be given our games, especially to the lower teams that we expect to be on the 500. We can't lose those games at all if we want to make the playoffs. And I to mean, be honest, i like, moved to
2: saving the... grace, but I think you're absolutely right.
3: Yeah. And like, if you look at, like, her system, um, the players we had before were higher IQ players. So we had Sean Livingston, we had Iggy, we had KD, we had Dre, we had Curry, <clears throat> we had, Curry, had Clay. Um And, like, now that's gone to... Curry and Dre, and then that's about it. Like Ubre and Wiggins and Pascal. And they're they're just not reading the plays. And it, it confuses me because I mean if you look at it, like us as fans, like we can see what should come next after Curry gives up the ball. But then you just see Pascal, he starts dribbling and goes I saw You see Wiggins, you say Ubre, he tries to dribble between two or three players and throw up a shot. And it was driving me insane because Curry's not a guy here to set screens for you to start throwing up your bullshit. You give him the ball back when he's open. And these guys are just, it's almost disrespectful um, how you got a two-time MVP and you got a Hall of Famer and he sets the screen for you, he gives you the ball and you go and throw out some bullshit. I don't understand what's going on. Oh, well, well, he so. like, like...
2: If he's shooting two to ten from three, I would give him the ball. Just How, how, <laughs> how bad do you think it could get, though? Because like, I wasn't expecting after two games Curry to already come out and criticize the, literally criticise the IQ of his teammates. I wasn't expecting Curry to, to... I thought Curry would give it a bit longer than that. I actually quite impressed that he did like, lose his head so quick. Um, and, yeah, like, he's not the guy who's going to... This is where, when people were coming at us for Harden being higher than Curry in our courtside countdown, look, you put Harden in that team, they, they're not getting killed like they did against Milwaukee by a 40-point or a 39-point loss because he is down shooting. robust enough Nah, nah,
3: nah, because look, you say that But then, okay, like, doing then the that, this this, There'll be games
2: where he drags you But you can't rely on that guy to shoot you back into games He's not physically built for it uh, He hasn't got the Just the injury record That you can reliably bank on it And even even just physically Within the game I don't see him as like a Just a physical guy who can just go The whole 40 minutes just He's not a physical out,
3: guy, no, no So
2: so how bad could it get? Do you think, like in terms of not just on the floor of a losing record, but even toxicity, even someone like Curry just going up to the board the boardroom and knocking on the door and just be like, lads, you've got to fucking do something here because like, I mean this guy's not going to waste
3: his prime years like trying to build another team and work with idiots. You don't know how, um, I mean, you don't know how to work off the ball. Like I'm something's got to give and it will change soon if he if he continues to go like this. But to be like, like, I just want to touch on your point what you said about Harden. Like if you look at Harden, at least he's always had shooters, like one from outside of the perimeter. We don't have any shooters. Um like, Pascal can't shoot the three. And like if you look at his form, it's absolutely insane. Um Wiggins, is hot and cold. Ubre is hot and cold again. Like we're talking about like 32%, 33% career shooters. Yeah, it's oh, not oh. it's let's not let's nice.
0: We'd Harden, but then Westbrook will take over that game. And he ain't always had shooters.
3: Ah um, man, I don't but think but what's the second of that game. In that Westbrook can. He's built for it.
1: He's, He's like, so nasty. <laughs> I
0: honestly, honestly like, I, I honestly think like, so let's say it's LeBron James or Yanis, Kawhi, Paul George even on his own franchise. Jimmy when Butler's he,
2: dragging stuff, you through these games. Yeah, like
0: when you're a star player and your team's playing trash, that's when they say takeover mode and you take over. But Steph Curry's still setting screens. But there's no criticism. We're going to talk about how Wiggins didn't catch a alley-oop and, and dunk it. But really and truly, we've got to look at Steph as well. It's he's not been it too.
3: If you know no, what I'm well, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, like, I definitely agree that that like, and Curry can do more to get the ball into his hands and just like just run his own plays and just ISO a bit more and shoot a bit more and like just t- like kinda of take control more of the game. So th- it's definitely part to do with Curry as well, but like just overall, I mean there's not so much you can do when you've got two or three guys that are guarding you because there's so many non-threats on your team. I mean like, it's just kinda of hard to work like that. You can't play what basketball. To make to I run- mean, like, I know it's huh?
2: Because I don't disagree with you. I think the roster is awful. Uh, do you expect them to make, like, at least try package something, even if they're taking a hit on, even if they have to sell low on someone like Wiggins, who I think they always intended to flip anyway, and just get a shooter, even if he's not the best um, fit or player? Do you see some roster moves? Because you've got a weird, like, little collection of just non shooting bigs. You've got Looney, you've got Marquis Chris. You've got yeah, Wiseman, who was the I was going to mention. you want to give all your flipping minutes to anyway. Uh, and then yeah. you've got Draymond coming back. Like, what, what, what sort of roster composition
3: is that? So, look, yeah, with Looney now, um, because he's healthy, and that's the, that was the one thing that was always going against him, that he wasn't healthy. But he hasn't looked great this year. Um, he's tried to extend his game and shoot a bit more, but it's not really working. And he just looks sluggish and slow off the ball. And I think he's what, on like a family, family in contract or so. So, he's probably the one guy or piece. That we will probably try and trade to get something back because I think the plan was before the season um, that Wiseman wasn't going to play that many minutes. We were going to try and ease him in. We had we had Marquise, we had Looney, he could play the five, and we had Joy, he could play the five sometimes. So I think we're going to try and minimize Wiseman's minutes. But like the way he's playing right now, and the way Looney's playing, and the way the offense is just going, um, I think we're going to see a lot more from Wiseman.
2: Not, uh, not he's Warriors, a lot more minutes. Just because of time. Last word on the Warriors. I think. We'll just give you the platform for your one little good news story so far. James Wiseman.
3: He's an incredible player, man. Um, that guy looks a lot better than I thought he would. Um, and that three-point shot looks good. Um, his mid-range game looks um, he looks good. Um, he's a, he, that guy is so athletic. He's quick. He can run the floor. Um, and if he continues to get more minutes and maybe starts start to get some starter minutes, he's probably my um, rookie of the year, to be honest.
2: Oh yeah, but that looks
3: incredible. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So, I've been more oh. impressed than oh. just looking at it. I think Edwards has done better. He's shooting quite well. Yeah,
3: yeah he looked good yesterday. But he look good.
2: But look, narrative. If you lot can be um, respectable this year, and James Wiseman is a lot to do with it, then then it might be might be something to look at. Look, I want to get into uh, more now. The contenders, um, some winners and losers in and amongst those. So we're looking at, I mean, the four kind of Vegas favorites, which are the Lakers to repeat and retain, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, who are the most stacked team in the NBA, in my opinion, um, the Clippers who have come back looking very locked in and very focused after their embarrassing year. and the Bucks who, for all, for all, their, for all their failings in the playoffs, are still going to walk the east, are still going to put up all these regular season numbers. Um, and are still gonna gonna be a, a one or at worst two seed. And expected after that, Giannis contract renewal and and Giroud um, trade to get out of the East. Let's start on the Bucks because I've actually got them in my losers list, which is which is harsh considering that they've actually played a decent game against the Celtics, losing it in in crunch time because Giannis. And it, <laughs> You know what? Unfortunately for him, I actually looked at it. The guy went 6 of 8 from free throw from the lion. It just so happened that the one was the wrong one to miss. And it was just... It's, again, like I put it on the Twitter the group chat. We knew. We just knew that this guy was going to miss at least Yeah, one for
3: real. 100%. So,
2: um, I think I think Boston deserved their win against him, but I don't think they were bad. And I think, obviously, they just pulverised Golden State. It's tough to really draw conclusions from that. Um, but they're going to do what they do. They're going to be highest in uh, point conversion and three-point conversion. They're going to be one of the best defensive teams. My, the reason they're in my losers list is I just haven't seen anything which makes me think, yeah, this is going to be different. Yeah. Giannis is looking okay from three, by the way. Like he's, It's early, but he's, he's, he's taking more and making... Shot, he's going, like, he's going three, <laughs> of eight, three of eight against us. And if he's going three of eight for the season... That opens up a lot for him to get inside. Yeah, uh, going three away for the season. In a, in a He's not going 37 percent for the, the season. No in way. Our
0: 39 point game, he went zero three.
3: Yeah,
2: well, look, this is where it's a process, it's just because he do you know what? He went zero three because he just hadn't had the five that he was going to score three of. Um, oh, okay, okay. okay, okay look, <laughs> I think... <Yeah>. The <laughs> shock no, a no, shock is hilarious. Wait, wait, no, but different. Drew is a massive upgrade to Bledsoe. Yes, yes, but, yes. But and. You're, you're looking at people like Di Vincenzo, if they can step up and Brook Lopez is going to do Brook Lopez things. But the reason they're in my losers is it's, it's almost like a Paul George syndrome where they could do whatever they want this year.
1: Yeah.
2: And until it comes to it, I've just yeah. it just doesn't mean
1: anything. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, interested. No, guys, you're right. You're right. And Yanis, me and I were talking about on Discord, we were saying these free throws are getting progressively worse. What, is what's it, that about?
2: It's right. interesting that he's not... Uh, yeah, he started already at a worse clip than he was over and and you look at the last two seasons and they're just been oh. down. They go, they go, they're
1: getting worse and worse, and that's um, and that's one thing. And, and you guys know I'm a Bron stan, but that's the one thing I can't excuse Bron for is, is his free throw shit over over his career. And in recent years, in all honesty, but Yannis is even worse. So it's like you want to be a superstar, honestly, you have to you have to make good free throws. Like that, I find that that's just, there's no excuse for that. But when he's aside been, like, from that, so many calls and, and everything. Is exactly, happy. yeah. He's always, he's always got that, That's his game to get to the line, drive to the rim, get to the line. That's his that's his game. That's his mo. So and even before that, I saw him. You know what it is like when you, like I was saying earlier, when you watch a postseason of a player, I think it completely warps, it completely changes how you really look at them. And you do you, you, you take a lot more stock into the regular season. So, Giannis is bully ball, isn't he? Like, he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna get to the rim, he's gonna get his buckets, he's a great defender, etc. But when I see him try pulling out the moves that he's gonna need in the playoffs, so when he, when he tries to step back jumper, I'm like, Giannis, when have you ever done that before, my guy? Yeah, of course, it's not gonna to land, be, he I know he's he he, he he
0: he 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 not gonna land, it. but he has to do it because. In the playoffs, it was literally, oh, we know you don't take like Miami Heat. We literally said, oh, we know you can't shoot that. Come
1: yeah, on. yeah, yeah. No, you know you're no. right. No, you're right, Shaq. But it's just not landing for me, innit? So it, I, I don't, I, I, see, I, I, I don't watching,
2: I was watching him against us as well. I, I, I was half watching the Golden State game because I wouldn't call it a game. Um, and like, if I'm him, I don't even the, the whole three point, three point, three point thing. Like, yeah, I get it, but Giannis is such a an athlete that it. He doesn't need the three. Like, you've got a whole... No, he doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he needs... Okay, I've worked mid-range, yes. uh, 12, 15 feet, maybe some other types of finish that isn't a spider dunk. Like, mm-hmm. that, I, I, think, and I think that's more manageable for him. I think that's... It's going to open up maybe not as much as a three-point shot for him to drive into and stuff. But I think he's going to open up something and add something... Game.
0: way more I, find I, so crazy I, I don't know there. the
2: whole like yeah 3-3 three, three has to happen for Giannis I, I don't know I think he needs to add some more versatility but I think they, I, I, I don't know if Milwaukee are doing a fantastic job in
3: nah, man. obviously
2: they've think... done a good job developing him to a point but I feel like there needs to be a rethink about how to get him from where he is now to, to being a playoff winner
0: no I see I think what they need to focus on is getting the ball out of his hands so like I find what I find funny is like we're speaking about Bucks and like obviously they had a blowout game against some trashy guys in some yellow and blue suits or whatever. <laughs> and then they had a they had a good game against um, Celtics and like Yannis actually had a good game. But the best player since the start of the thing has been Chris Middleton. Like he's balled out. Like don't forget Yannis was like if four. That's not 14.
2: the perfect symptom of why we just can't take it seriously yet because no,
0: but if you put the ball in his hands like when Yannis went down against Miami. Middleton was scary. Mm. If you're now going to tell me that I'm going to get Middleton minutes and ball usage, like let's say we drop 6% of Yanis's ball usage and put it into Middleton's hands and he starts balling out, the playoffs become scary then. You mm. have to learn about getting Giannis to be a bit more off-ball, maybe run, score an alley Yeah. Get
3: yeah.
0: some oh, good strengths and let one Middleton one the ball out as well. A
2: lot more trusted than Bledsoe to really make some things happen and, and run Yeah,
0: like they have to focus on getting him off the ball in a sense, so like I, I like that stance, I don't think they're big, big losers, it's just they they need to learn how to win, yeah, that's
2: why, because well. I think they're, that's why they're on my list there, not because they're not going to be a top two seed, but I just, I need to see something very different from what they do with Holiday, I think Middleton's a really good point there, maybe in terms of him running some more pick and roll stuff, or off, off of uh some more dribble handoffs to get inside who knows um, but I do need to see something a little bit different there on the complete flip side someone who we haven't seen um, in in a playoff setting in their current guys and we have all the expectations for the complete opposite to the Milwaukee Bucks is the early favourites I would say even ahead of the Lakers is, is Brooklyn Nets um, they're coming off two big wins um, one against um, the Boston Celtics on Christmas Day we don't to talk about too much uh, <laughs> and, and an opening night again Warriors um, that after, yes. say that again we need to talk about your Celtics after as well Would well, you know what though I, you know I, I'm going to do it quickly because yeah, of time I didn't want to talk yeah. too too much the, the, the natural thing after that Christmas day is a blowout in, in the box score you look at it and you say Celtics need to be on the losers list I don't think they're on a winners or a losers list after the two games but I'd be more inclined inch them into the nearly winners. I'll tell you why. It's, it's to do with expectation. If you come into this and you think, oh, Celtics, Eastern Conference finalists going up against Brooklyn Nets and they get smacked, then yeah, okay, cool, you can put them losers. If you come into it with, you know, facts instead of just lazy, uh, no Kemba, obviously lost Haywood, that's massive to the depth. So our, our expectations for the season have switched. Um, we're going through a process now with Brown and Tatum who are having to do something completely new to what they've used to do. Tatum's uh, usage shot up to 40% against uh, Brooklyn, which is the high, or maybe it was the first game, which is the highest of his career by a mile, by about 10%. Um, Brown as well is doing more pick and roll, more, more ball in his hands than he's about to do. Brown has outperformed Tatum in the first two games comfortably, which shows you how tough it is being for Tatum. And yeah, and our depth is awful. We've, we're waiting for to use this trade exception, and our depth is awful. So I think we're nowhere near where the Nets are as of right now. So I think that's realistic. And if I'm honest, I had us getting blown out for the whole game. We were winning at the half, and it was a very competitive first half. Kyrie's everybody's story because of the Boston thing, but the guy's got he got three three pointers in the fourth quarter, which it was basically ten minutes of garbage time. A lot of his. <laughs> were very, very deep and uncontested. He had an amazing night and joint record for a freeze on Christmas Day. That's fantastic. The, the story of the the game for me wasn't... Oh God, it was half-time. Nets are down two. Third quarter, Kevin Durant gets 16 points and feasts on everybody. He had a goal on Brown. He had two goals on Tatum. Um, blow by Tatum like he wasn't there. There was one where he got it. And the guys got so low. To be, they basically, Tatum's hip height and got up to the rim and was unreal. Depth issue again for us. We had a few people who fouled out early. We had no Rob Williams, so the centre rotation was hit a bit. Um, and, yeah, some of those Durant points came when we had Teague, Pritchard, um, Javonte Green on the floor. You if you can tell me what all three of those men look like, I'll give you all a fiver. So, <laughs> yeah, so, in saying that, obviously it's not good to get smack up like that. But I think the context's heavy. We beat the Bucs, which I didn't have us doing. I think we outplayed the Bucs, which I didn't have us doing. Uh, uh, and we were leading at halftime against the best team at the moment in the NBA. So not on either winners or losers list, but that's my case for why we should be closer to the to the to the winners list. Look, next, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. Offensively they're stupid. Most concerningly for the league is if you actually look at the numbers of where they're leading in the league It's not actually offensively. They're about fourth, fifth offensively. Kyrie and KB are only playing 29 minutes a game at the moment because games are won. They're leading the league in blocks. They are leading the league in opponent field goal percentage. So they're defending a lot better than people wanted to give them credit for. Um, They've got good defenders in terms of uh, Jarrett Allen can protect the paint very well. DeAndre Jordan is at least a physical presence. Um, Joe Harris for all his shit Will do an okay job Against some wings Karis Levert has been great As a sixth man Kyrie's locked in Because it's early KD is guarding Tatum And, and guarding Tatum Out of the game at times So defensively They've been really really solid Early two game caveat Of course Where do you like have the Nets Are you scared Should we end the season now
1: Okay The Nets I'm scared still can I'm scared uh, I saw Obviously in Brom trust, but I saw, I, saw, I saw KD pull up. I said, okay, welcome back, my guy. Good to see you back. Good to see you back. I actually didn't know about their defensive stats like that. I didn't. What really scares me is their depth. So Asai's been speaking about it a lot. And he's been speaking about Dimwili. He's been speaking about LeVert. And he's just been wax lyrical about these guys for ages. I've just been ignoring him. Because obviously there weren't really anything to talk about in, um, when the season resumed last year. Ah, oh,
3: you've been, but, been sleeping, man.
1: But this LeVert, fella, yeah? Okay. Okay, I see what all the hype is about. Six miles a year for sure. He's he's definitely making a run. I think Eastern Conference Finals. I'm looking. It's, they're 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 a Like they're they're 100% there. For me, I'm having it as them in the Sixers. They're they're a great team. Also, they're great to watch. They're entertainment yeah. entertaining team to watch, man. Kyrie, like like he said, he has. He loves that early season form, doesn't he? Had it for you in in Boston. If he can keep it up, he's in the best setting possible, man. Like this is this is it for him. He's with his best mate. He's playing in he's playing in New York, like. What else do you want, mate? Like, this is, this is it for him. And the Nets, I can see why they're some people's favourites. They can go all the way, but you wait till you block Brown and the boys. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Like, hey, you like, think
2: so, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Faces. You've made a lot of faces, Shaq. I need to hear what these faces are being caused by.
0: Like, you know what, yeah? God forbid Clippers get to the finals, but if they do, Clippers win.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um... I f- I feel I feel personally like there's gonna be a midseason breakdown, simply because like didn't really he, it's not fitting for him. It's yeah, not he could get right now.
2: I think he could get moved.
0: Like, I think he needs to get traded. I've been saying, and if yeah. he goes for who and then how does that work? And we have to see how that works. But again, like they've early season form. Joe Harris looking laser like. You got Karis Levert off the bench, amazing. Um, Allen Baller, and I like Allen a lot. Um, kind of like your like your traditional center. KD, Kyrie. No idea why he's not
2: starting, by the way.
0: Yeah. Because he's I not think...
2: KD's mate. But, but, <laughs> in saying that, that you've got, you got a bench unit of Levert Harris, uh, Levert, Allen, that's, that's a great little pick and roll. It's not fair. It's
0: great. Like, they've got depth as well. I just feel like when it comes to that playoff time and it's takeover time, there's a man in the league who's been in the league for a lot of time. And he's been dominating the league for a lot of time. His name is LeBron. And if you see him in the finals, yeah, KD's going to put up his shots and you can't really stop it. But are you going to stop him? And then who's going to stop AD? What, DeAndre? Come to the perimeter. Let me see how here. Like I I feel like Wesley Matthews is another great addition. I feel like that team has more pieces and versatility in their offense rather than KD take it, score midi, score long range. Kyrie ruin someone's night, put him on YouTube. Like, in the playoffs, I don't know if that works. Well, I think that could be something. Right
2: it in with you, you look at someone, you think, all right, well, AB's is a problem. Maybe not the best matchup, and they think a bit more defensively with that because they don't need any more production than they're gonna get out of K <laughs> three. Like, yeah.
0: and they gotta stay healthy. Again, like, touch. what they do? Because it's good for the it's good for the NBA. But will they stay healthy? Will it Will it work for the entire season? Will they drop these points every single game? Who knows? Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, so Shaq, for you it's like so let me let me try and get the so see if I get the premise of what you're saying. So for you it's the the chemistry, can they keep it up throughout the whole season? Mm. And it's the injury record. So are those are those the two key factors? For yeah, actually, think, I see
0: like, like, I personally think that a fully fit 76ers could be a bad matchup for this team. Like I, I, I literally see it being one of those kind of factors that it's it's a shot in the dark, but it, it can happen, and again, playoff time, you're talking about two players like Kyrie and KD that are cold, I get it, but then the rest of the roster's never been in the playoffs, they they need to experience that kind of nitty-gritty, and understand that you're going to go against teams that are playing a lot harder now, it's not a regular season, I know they understand that, so...
2: Well, also, I,
0: I, I put them as favourites for the finals, I see it, but... Yeah. It, well, we, know, we know,
2: to be fair, and this is a good thing, we know that when younger teammates maybe aren't quite up to scratch and, and dealing with the pressure so well, we know that Kyrie is a really calming, positive influence on that. Um, you mentioned the Lakers, yeah, Shaq. Um, we're just going to zoom through the Lakers a little bit because I think we've covered them on a lot of pods. But the bit which I think we've now, we're now able to talk a little bit more about, Nee and Harold, is is the acquisitions. So you've got Montrezl Harrell with a couple of jumpers the other night, by the way. He looked, he looked all right. Um, mm-hmm. Montrezl Harrell and Wesley Matthews, who was just chasing everybody around every screen. And just, you couldn't look, the, look, the Lakers win last year was built on defense and veteran presence and everything like that. Yeah. Couldn't watch their defensive structure on uh, Christmas Day against the Mavs without noticing Wesley Matthews just chasing around everywhere. Um, Luca got, Luca got his points, but he didn't really get anything too productive out of them. Um, they made the Mavs off it. It's so very, very, very slow. And then you got, obviously, Dennis Schroeder, runner-up to the Sixth Man of the Year Award last year, who's taken a lot of the playmaking responsibility uh, with Rondo leaving and, and in LeBron's race back into fitness, fully, fully fitness. Harold, how have you found the acquisitions and me, as, as another Western Conference guy, do you see them walking? Uh, I
3: see yeah. the legs. Oh, right. go
2: no,
1: you go,
3: yeah, so like the Lakers, I I see them winning um on the West again. Um but my only concern is um for them is their room protection. Um they've lost JaVale and they've lost um Howard as well. Um he gave them some good minutes and like when they played someone like Denver, um they were able to like take like at like, the game effectively or well at least make it life very, very, very difficult for him. Um and they they don't have good? that this year. Um like Gosl just looks so, so sluggish. Oh, oh, my
2: God. God. <laughs> So, Gasol will be a good regular season piece to just move the ball, high post playmaking, all of that good stuff. Veteran as well. Gasol in the playoffs last year looked terrible. Like, he really looked terrible, terrible. Yeah. He yeah. makes yeah.
1: the basketball court look like a football pitch of how small he moves, man. He, is, he, he, he He's like, he's treading tre- treacle. He's,
0: he's I think they put Harrell starting centre in the playoffs for the energy and Gasol comes off the bench.
2: But then we've seen... It'd be, it'd be, yeah, about that yeah. being an issue. But I think, yeah, I c- think
0: circumstantial, I think, though, in that I one. Think, I think
2: they fuck off. AB whinging about being at the four and at the five. They're at the five. playoffs. Yeah. Just you know, Um but it'd be interesting to see how that how that runs because I think if if Harold look, they've got a year. They know what Harold struggled with. He's, he was getting schemed out. He was getting it. was game was going on around him against them. Um. And, yeah, without people put, making things for him, he was struggling to create anything as well, and it was just energy and rim running. If he can develop a jumper like he did the other night I think he had two or three mates, which were really nice and if he they can just spend this season working on him coming out and just being a bit more serviceable, then yeah, I agree with you. I think that would be that would be the best case um, but yeah i think I think people underestimate just that veteran thing, the big the size there as well yep. um,
1: you know should, what tradedo is someone I want to hear
2: on. About from you, Harold?
1: Yeah, I like I like Schroeder, man. He's it's weird because I, I watch him and I feel like he's so much taller than he is. He's only six foot one. Um, he's long. He he can create. He can score. He's someone I like. It's someone I like to OKC. I, he, he has that. He has that. Um, that one highlight clip of him like eyeing up someone and then blown and blown by them. I can't remember who it was, but he he looks like he's chomping at the bit. He, he looks like he's ready for a good playoff run. And he's someone that that's an upgrade on what we had before. Um, yeah, he's quality. I probably like Dennis Schroeder. Um, who else you, you mentioned? Um Montrez Harrell. he, he look good, he looks all right, but this is nothing too dissimilar to what we've seen in, in the Clippers. Like once again, like you were saying, yeah, a lot of people need to date up their up their ante because, okay. the, because, because the postseason is really scarred. Um, sorry, what was that shot Horton Tucker as well, he's looking like he's gonna be. Yeah, play. exactly. Yeah, yeah. THT is another one. Um, he feels like a new sign, obviously he was here, he played very, very minimal minutes last year. Um in, in the bubble. Kuzma, Kuzma feels like he's just not gonna reach the heights, man. I, I feel, I feel bad for him, but maybe he should just, he should just focus on, on the misses. Um, he's yeah, like, he's he's on,
2: anyway. he shot well against the Mavs. Look, and I think That's twelve million. It's good for him. It's good for you. It's tradable. Exactly, very. Uh, very, very someone very like Sacramento great or great. or whatever will bite your hand off for a good piece. Like,
0: but you know what. Like just touching the Lakers like you kinda of spoke on their bench. So you got THT Caruso who like cool, you know so, yeah, he's, to the the it goat. It. he's the goat um America's dream. So you've got <laughs> THT Caruso, Wesley Matthews, um, then you've got Kuzma Marcus and Morris coming on and
2: he'll um, get shots small five Morris. at times in the playoffs. Like, well. That's
0: your bench. Like you know what I'm saying? That's depth, and then yep. that team there, the five plays is better than they they're better than Detroit. They're better than thunder they're better than Chicago Bulls so like it's a good unit to have and it's a good problem to have as well so
3: giving that like, bench too much credit still uh-huh. I definitely they're better than the Warriors I guarantee
0: they blow out the Warriors
3: oh my <laughs> goodness Ah, <All right>, cool <laughs> <laughs>
2: you should have seen that coming we, yeah, yeah, we, the the brother. Brother. <laughs> we get into a cool world Pope. Hmm? there we go <laughs> there we are uh, <laughs> Listen, and then look, to finish off, and I think this is, I don't know how many watched it because of the, the time it was, anyone who was on Twitter would have seen that I was still going, still standing. And that was the late game. On the room. Uh, Clippers-Nuggets. Obviously, we've touched on the Nuggets already, but the Clippers, I'm really just happy with how they've come into the year. There's no fuss. Paul George, again, there's a distrust until the playoffs come again. But, um he looked amazing the last two games. And what I loved about the Nuggets is uh, the Nuggets game is he, his playmaking was really good. He was moving the ball really well. He was balancing between just out in the corner and on the weak side to coming in and having the ball in his hands and bringing other people in. If you actually look at the, the usage rate for the Clippers in that game, it was like 20 to 25 just across the board. It was That's really fast. fluid, really good. Kawhi was getting his mid-range spots before Ibaka just cleaned him out and looked like he span his jaw trying to go for a rebound. Ibaka was getting a lot. Of, Ibaka was driving to the basket really effectively and kicking out, and then getting his looks. Paul George, like we said, playmaking very well. Beverly was limited in a good way. Like he was playing to his strengths. Uh, Nick Batum has just come there to anchor things a little bit and keep the ball moving. Uh, Kennard is okay, slightly different dynamic there. I think the Clippers. Sai has said on the clubhouse that they're more balanced. And I think the usage rate shows that in that I think there's just a bit more seniority. They maybe trust the Kennard more than a Shamit. Uh, They trust Batum because he's been around the league. I think maybe there was some sort of, you know, Harold Kawhi stuff. He wasn't really buying into the culture there. I've said on the pod, I think Clippers, I think this will be their year after a year of knowing what's gone wrong. Where do you lot stand on their start?
3: a good winners,
0: start, I don't think it goes without saying, but yeah, one hundred percent. It's a good start, I'd say. In in regards to the Clippers now, because of last year and especially poor George, like quoting my brother, respectfully, we don't care. I, I I'm waiting for the off season. I don't care anymore. Like they're gonna ball out, if they're better than most teams. We get it, but when it's crunch time, is what I want to see. I I'm not paying attention to them too tough this year because they were they were balling out last year and. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So I think the I think the thing to look for, I think you're right. I think the things to look for are the differences in terms of the ball being shared more is something that jumped out to me. I think they basically came out and said, Yeah, no, we don't really like each other, it's work. If there could be clues coming out that maybe that's better, that's a that's a, a thing as well. And just I think it's just looking at if, if it's all a bit more fluid. But I think you're right. This is the problem with them as well. It's like there's so many teams I feel like at the moment, Paul George. As a player, Clips as a team, the Bucks as a team, um, the Nets, we know they're going to walk the regular season. We're just looking at them and thinking, all right, cool, we'll see you in May. But there's little clues here and there. Um, Harold, as the biggest Clipper hater here, you expecting more of the same of last year and they're not really a, a factor?
1: I'm actually expecting a better regular season. Last year it was... Um... It's, it was the Kawhi show. It was like, okay, Doc. Obviously, obviously, I was, there was a big fuss about um who who Kawhi went to. Did he go to like, which which um Los Angeles team? Did he go? Does he go to? <laughs> obviously, he went to the Clips. And Doc Rivers was like, yep, Kawhi, this is your team. You do your thing. You play however many minutes you want. However, Tyloo, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think he's going to stand for that. I mean, it clearly didn't work, and that's something that's going to take a bit of a beating. I'm, I'm expecting to see way more of a, a regular season run. They were very comfortable coming second last year. I'm expecting to see them probably making a run for the first seed um, I like what you mentioned about them sharing the ball that's something I didn't notice so fair enough um, but yeah they're, like, like Shaq said they're, they're a good team man like, and they've, they've got depth Like they're, they're supposed to be this good and that's, that's why we're on their case that's why I'm on their case because the, the lofty projections so mm-hmm. for me I'm expecting a better regular season and obviously a much better postseason.
2: season now that you're not as uh, invested in the playoff race in the West you could be a neutral um <laughs> We're going to get this all year in the uh, when year, do you, you
3: see the Clippers uh, coming in, just as a last word? Um, I think the Clippers will make the finals this year, um, Latton, like, um, finally. Um, and I think I need to see more from them and the Lakers to like, like, make a fair assessment on who I think is going to win that matchup. Because um, I do think that loss of Dwight and Lam like, um, and McGee is going to hurt them a bit, especially like, protecting the rim. And actually, I want to ask let's a question. McGee, that though.
1: let's say yeah. McGee, more more so Dwight, because McGee's a it's bit. It's an energy, though. I mean, like because mobile. he's so
3: athletic, he could make off his mistakes. Whereas, like a soul can't. If he makes a mistake, that's it. It's that that yeah. play's done.
1: Yeah,
3: it's same with Harold as well. And I want to ask you, Jack, actually, because they've lost their rim protection, and you've got Precious, who looks pretty good. So, like, I mean, if you guys play that final again, do you think you get more than those two games? No, nah. you
2: don't. Um, Listen, if nah, they, they play the final again with Bam <laughs> and Dragic, they get more than those two games.
0: Nah, they got they got AD. They got Bron.
2: Nah, man. Dragic... We
1: also, like, if we're going now... Yeah, like, yeah,
0: what are you saying? Because we we're talking about, like, we acquired Treshis, so we're talking about the new picks, but then yeah, yeah, Matthews, yeah. and we didn't have Crowder, and then...
2: Schroeder, like, yeah, yeah.
0: And then they have Schroeder as well. We're losing. Bam.
2: Unfortunately.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: nah, nah, mate. They, they absolutely robbed you there. Um, Look, this is, this is what we've got time for this week. Uh, thanks, boys, for joining me again. This is only two game weeks, game nights, whatever. Um, and already all these sort of stories coming out and, and trends and everything to see. So it is going to be a very, very long season, but full of twists, full of turns, full of things to keep an eye on. Um, I think we're still almost in a pre-season mode, really. I think the Christmas Day game, not having any runs, comeback runs showed that. I think, I think a lot of teams are going to start to show what they're about next week and stuff. So... Be good to recap that in January time, mid end of the month, February. Um, but yeah, boys, thanks again for your time. It's been Court San Franco. Make sure you follow us on all your socials. Um, and yeah, bless.
1: Peace. Nice. Peace.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.